The following program is sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Wealth Enhancement Group or its guests and do not reflect the opinions of News Talk 830 and Odyssey Inc. Advisory services offered through Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services, LLC. A registered investment advisor. Certain but not all investment advisor representatives at Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are also registered representatives of and offer securities through LPL Financial Member FINRA, SIPC. Wealth Enhancement Group and Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are separate entities from LPL. Wealth Enhancement Group is a registered trademark of Wealth Enhancement Group, LLC. Sound strategies to make sense of your financial life. Answers to everyday questions pertaining to your money. Brought to you by Wealth Enhancement Group. Helping you to plan and invest with confidence and clarity. After all, it's your money. And if you have a financial question for Peg or Bruce, you can call this number 247 advice You can also email your questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com. You can also call or text our studio line, 651 461 9226. And now here's Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor Peg Webb and founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Good morning, Bruce and Peg. Good morning, Denny. Good morning, Bruce. Hi, Peg, and uh, thank you, Denny Long. Uh, great introduction and good to be with you, sir. So, Denny and Peg, um, we thought we would talk today about Russia invading Ukraine. It's actually been about a month. Uh, I think they, they went in on February 24th after weeks or maybe even months of speculation that they were going to after building up around Ukraine's border. And we're going to talk about it today from a financial perspective. Listeners, uh, what does it mean to you as investors? What does it mean to your 401K or your other investments, your other retirement plans? But, but Peg and Danny, I think we would be remiss if we first didn't just talk about the human tragedy here. The 2.8 million, I think, is the most current count of refugees flooding out of the Ukraine, a lot of them going to Poland, uh, the loss of life, the destruction. I mean, this, this, is a, this is a tragic thing, and I don't want to be um, insensitive to that bigger issue. But, it, oh, and... I personally, and maybe either or both of you and a lot of listeners, have personal connections. We know people from that area that are, that are here and maybe still have family there. So it touches all of our lives. This is, this is a really, really powerful thing. But a lot of people maybe don't have that personal connection. They recognize the, the largeness of the story and the, and the tragedy of what's going on there. But honestly, their, their concern is, what does this mean to markets? What does this mean to my investments? What should I be doing differently, if anything? And so that's where our focus will be. But again, it's not lost on us that this is a much bigger, more important issue than just the financial aspect of it. And Peg, I want to share a quick story before we dive into this. And I don't share this story at all to be boastful or or or, or arrogant or ostentatious. It's 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 just a story. It's just so um, on Monday of last week, I think it was the 14th. I think at that point, uh, the first, the last 10 weeks or so in the market have been steadily going down. I I, I think the market was down somewhere in the neighborhood of what 10 percent, I think, from its high. So. I came into the office, and, and um, Peg, you'll, you'll um, understand what I'm talking about. Listeners probably won't. But Wealth Enhancement Group as a company recently changed custodians on our retirement plans and our health savings accounts and so forth. So I went into my HSA. I, I don't think I'd actually been in there since it transferred to a different custodian, and I discovered it was in cash. And I didn't want my HSA in cash, I didn't think. And then I started, I started thinking about, 
the market being down considerably, and we always coach our clients, and everybody listening would say intellectually, they know buy low and sell high. It's easy to say. It's harder to do. So on Monday of this week, I moved my HSA completely into the market from cash. I didn't know what would happen in the market, uh, but what I did know is that it was, it was down roughly 10% from its high, and to me it felt like a buying opportunity, and that money, I didn't mean for it to be in cash anyway. I just discovered that it was. It's not where I wanted it. Well, people that pay attention know that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, mm -hmm. the market was up considerably all four of those days. Now, am I a genius? No. I got lucky, but my logic was sound. I was buying when the market was on sale by about 10%. It might have gone down the rest of the week, but I'm highly confident when I made that decision on Monday that five years from now, 10 years from now, the market will be a lot higher than it was on Monday. It just turned out to work out really, really well for me in the short term. But the larger point here is, is I did not personally let the tragedy going on in Ukraine impact what I see as a logical way to handle my personal financial situation. So I just wanted to share yeah. that pick. <laughs> I love that. And, and I have to tell you, I also looked at my health savings account because you're right. We did transfer to a new custodian and I was shocked that mine was in cash. But yet I was so busy that I just went, I put it on my to-do list. Oh, I've got to get that invested. And it's still on the to-do list because last week was super busy for all the helping everyone else. And I didn't get to it. So good for you, Bruce, uh, for doing that. Yeah, I got I lucky. Go, yeah, I want to go back to, um, you know, Russia and Ukraine and, and how awful this is. And, and in my mind, it, it wasn't even possible. Like in this positive bubble that I live in, that this isn't even possible in today's world. So I kind of relate it to COVID in a little way because you know for the last couple of years it it hasn't been so much about how am i going to earn you know on my nest egg it's kind of mentally trying to put our arms around these events that we haven't had either happen to us ever like a pandemic or now i i'm seeing clients um kind of equally as calm with this uh russia ukraine thing but just a boatload of compassion. Um, and, and I was actually shocked how many clients have relatives that are there. And I'm actually getting goosebumps right now because when you watch the videos, I still don't think that would happen in, in today's world. So headlines that we're dealing with are, you know, oil prices and inflation and things that immediately impact us that when you go to the gas station and you fill up your car you clearly can see that something's going on you know with oil prices and bruce you mentioned you know the markets well the markets are just kind of an anticipatory mechanism as to what's going to happen next what's going to happen next and it takes all the data that's out there and predicts is it going to be better, you know, in the future or is it going to be worse? Uh, and so that is what we're dealing with. But I am just beside myself looking at the videos of these people and, you know, especially the kids and just uh, so I'm, I'm just hoping that this gets cleared up 
quickly and that we can move on to the world that I thought we lived in, which was a united front. And and now I can see that when someone is kind of penetrating, you know, the bigger front by what they're doing, uh, we are all uniting and trying to uh, convince that person that let's not do that anymore for the better, uh, you know, of the world. So, um, so yes, today we're going to talk about, you know, how does that impact us as investors or people who want to accumulate more wealth or need to accumulate more wealth, you know, to create paychecks for the rest of their lives. So we go back to asset allocation and maybe some of you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. They talk about this all the time, but it's times like this that if you're confident in how you're aligned with your investment goals. So we're going to sound like a broken record, Bruce. If you have a plan, work the plan. If you have confidence in it and your investment goals, like what do you want? You know, how much income do you need? Have you worked with an advisor to give you that confidence? Um, then you don't need to do anything right now other than when we've seen markets like this correct in the past, um, you know, the the bigger thing that we're doing at Wealth Enhancement Group is, you know, our our investment department announced last week that, or the week before even, hey, we're going to do some tax loss harvesting. There's things that you can do proactively, you know, uh, taking losses. And people listening might say, Losses. I don't want to take losses, but but it's a strategy of of taking a loss and then in turn staying in the equity market, but at least capturing that. So as Bruce mentioned that last week was a really good week. Well, you sold something off at 10 percent. You took losses and then now it went back up. So you actually got to capture those, and I call it creating your own kitty of losses to offset the final results of this year, uh, which could be advantageous. The second thing is, um, is when we have markets like this, people tend to um, not panic, if you will, but question, question if they're in the right investments. Uh, I'd like to plug that uh, Wealth Enhancement Group is still doing their, uh, you know, bi-monthly navigating 2022. They navigated 2020, 2021, our investment team, our roundtable, and guiding you through volatile times. They never stopped because, you know, we had the pandemic and, and clearly we weren't out of it and maybe still not out of it. But they're doing those. So if you go to wealthenhancement.com and you go click on insights and you'll see the word webinar and the webinar is on our website and they did it last week. Bruce, I don't know if you caught it, but they had Jim Kahn, you know, the, the head of our investment department, along with because of our acquisitions we've done, we had the head of the East Coast Investment Department of Wealth Enhancement Group. We had the head of the West Coast uh, Investment Department, and collectively, those three in 30 minutes walked through slides that were very impactful about, you know, what has happened in the past, what we think is going to happen, and and some future thoughts. So I thought I would share that, Bruce, uh, to the audience because you don't have to be a client to access that. 
Yeah, and I didn't see it, but I had a number of clients tell me that they were going to that they planned on on listening to it. Um, Peggy said so many good things there. I don't probably have time to comment on all of them, but the one thing I want a couple things really quickly is I, I like what you said. How the markets? I think people always think the markets are going to react to whatever today's news story is, but the markets are forward looking. The markets, to some degree. We're, we're anticipating Putin, you know, losing his mind and going into Ukraine. We could kind of see it coming for a long time. So then when it actually happens, maybe the markets don't move as much as people think they, they will or think they should. But it's, it's important to remind people markets are forward looking. Today's events are probably, already, I like to say, baked, already baked into the cake. Um, and, and the other thing, Peg, really quickly is, Nobody ever knows what the markets will do in the short term, including us, and we admit that. We acknowledge that. But I've had a lot of people, I think you have too, because the markets have been on such a long-term uh, increase in, in value really since the, the economic crisis of, of 07, 09, the markets have really been steadily going up since 2009. So everybody thinks there's got to be a crash. And when the year started out poorly, and it did even before uh, Russia invaded Ukraine. A lot of people were worried, well, this is it. This is our crash. And I told everyone, I said, I really don't think it is. I really think when I look at the things that we look at to try to anticipate what markets will do in the short term, acknowledging we don't know for sure, but I, that I said I thought that the, that the year would still be positive, maybe not as robust as last year, but I thought we would recover. A lot of the things that were dragging us down were COVID-related, including inflation, including supply chain issues, including labor shortages. These things all can kind of be traced back to COVID. And as we get better dealing with COVID and get back to our new normal, a lot of those things correct. But I always add the caveat when I talk about it, that's based on what we know now. If something unforeseen happens, and I always use the example of North Korea. I said if the nut in North Korea launches a missile or, you know, whatever, Iran shoots at Israel, then all bets are off because an event like that will impact the markets in the short term. Well, in this case, it was Russia going into Ukraine, um, and it did have an impact. The question will be, how long is the impact going to be? And again, the question is, what does this mean to you personally as an investor? And I like that you got it in there already. Long-term investor, which if you're in the stock market, that should be long-term money. You really don't probably have to do anything. That said, you said there are things you can do, like we did tax loss harvesting, so you can look at strategies. doesn't mean you're going to get out of the market, but it might be a good time to rebalance or, or, or lock in some losses or, or maybe, you know, look, make sure your asset allocation is the way you want it to be. But what I don't want people to do is make panic-driven decisions and say, well, we got to get out of the market because that's just not a good solution for anyone, Peg. No, it isn't. And one of the things that um, this is this is Jim Kahn again, the chief investment officer of Wealth Enhancement Group, always says, I don't understand why clients and people, you know, are worried about the stock market. He said a, a thousand percent of the time, you know, it has gone up over time. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to repeat that. But in our history, it's gone up. But when we start to talk about inflation, he says, and he said this for decades now, that's what clients should worry about, is if there's inflation, we never get that back. 
And so I'm hearing more about inflation today than really the concern about the stock market, you know, the cost of good and goods and services. And so specifically, you know, the world's talking about oil and where are we going to get this oil and the fact that Russia is, you know, 10% of that. So there's plenty of reserves out there and capacity around the world. Some say there is and some say there isn't because that's kind of a big political um, statement in itself. But we do have lower consumption of oil than we had in the 1970s. I actually lived through the 1970s, so I know exactly the lines we were in to um, get the the dollars of gas that they would allow us uh, to get. But so, you know, when it when it comes to a business cycle, um, we were at, you know, beyond the halfway point of the business cycle being good. And so that was before the Russia-Ukraine thing, too, in saying that um, we can't think that this is just going to continue to go up forever. Um, but probably our biggest risk is how the Fed is going to handle this, because, you know, I know they raised a, a quarter this week, but how many more interest rate, rate raises are they going to do? And that's where there's just such a balancing act. Um, especially as you mentioned, Bruce, I think we're, we're getting out of the um, supply chain thing. And, but on the back side of it, there's still a lot of clients out there that are, can't wait to spend money. And so, and there's a lot of money in our system from all the government printing it. So that kind of um, recipe, if you will, we just don't know on the backside how and when that's all going to um, what we can see on that backside. Bruce? Yeah, and uh, really quickly, we've got about three or four minutes. We've got to take a break. But to your point, Peg, not to worry about the market. I agree. I'm not sure everyone that listening is convinced of that. A couple of really quick examples. So events, and, and that's the other thing. People always say, yeah, but this time it's different. Well, maybe, but probably not. But But big events that initially shocked the market and brought it down, but one year later the market was up. Pearl Harbor back in 41, the Cuban Missile Crisis in 62, JFK's assassination in 63, President Nixon resigning in 74, the confrontation in China and Tiananmen Square in 89, Iraq invading Kuwait in 1990, that's probably the one that's most comparable to what's going on now, and, and even Brexit. All those are events that the market first shuttered and went down, but a year later the markets were back up again. So I agree with you. Inflation is the big concern, and and price of oil. If we're gonna, if we're not gonna buy oil from Russia, and this you know war continues to go on, and that's the other crazy thing. And what's the end game here? What does Putin ultimately want? How does this thing end? Does China get involved in the conflict? Is there nukes? You know, the uncertainty and and markets hate uncertainty, but and and no one you know I don't think understands what Putin's end game is. But to the inflation issue and the cost of oil. Yeah, Russia's a big producer and exporter, but it's only about 10%. So you're right. We can adjust to that. We're going to be we're going to be fine ultimately, and I think that's the, you know, really the biggest message. So, what other key takeaways do you have for folks before we go to break on this topic? Well, Bruce, I think you're right in the fact that, you know, there's just a lot of cause for concern and investors just don't like unknowns, neither does the market. So, but just to go back to Hopefully you do have a plan 
and that you have an asset allocation that you're comfortable with. I see opportunities in that if you have some cash that you thought you should have invested before, because some people were just sitting around with a lot of cash and they want to invest in the market, but they were hesitant because of how the market had um, gone up so high. So there's some positives that positives there, Bruce. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to think if there's one key thing. I, I guess we've said it. If you have a plan, stick to your plan. If you have an asset allocation you're comfortable with, don't change it just because of this. Um, don't worry about the short term too much. We know the stock market. We've been telling people for years, Peg, when, you know, going back to the beginning of COVID, that expect volatility. This is an, another reason for volatility. But long term, we still believe markets will reward, stock market will reward investors. But again, if you're nervous, it may be a time to just look at things. And, and if you're an investor, maybe you dollar cost average in, or maybe you change your allocation somewhat. So if you have concerns about specifically what you should be doing, get with an advisor, review your portfolio. But our key message here is don't panic. We've seen things like this in world history before, and markets are resilient and they always come back. Denny? Yes, indeed. And we'll be back with more. Bruce and Peg will be uh, answering your financial questions. This is the time when we open up our text and studio line, 651-461-9226. Also, keep in mind that if you think of something midweek, let's say, you can call 1-886-ADVICE and leave that question, and uh, we'll get back to you. You can email your questions as well to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. And do call or text our studio line, 651 461 9226. Once again, before the break, 651-461-9226. We'll be back after the break with more of your money. If you have a financial question for Bruce and Peg, you can call this number 247-1886-ADVICE. You can also right now call or text our studio line at 651-461-9226. Once again, here's Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor Peg Webb and founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Good morning again to Bruce and Peg. Good morning again. Thank you, Denny Long. Um, Denny, uh, there's a couple of other things that on the topic, and, and listeners, if you just joined us or you joined us late, Peg and I have been discussing the fact that Russia's invaded Ukraine, and the big picture there is the tragedy, the loss of human life, the uprooting of refugees having to leave the country. A lot of people that I know here have those connections, are touched by this personally. That's the big issue. The smaller issue, but the one that people want to hear us talk about is, how does this impact them as investors? How does it impact my retirement plan? What should I do? And that's what we've been talking about. Um, and, Danny, there's a couple of things that Peg and I can do a deeper dive on. But if we have texts and or calls, let's go to those first because we, we think we might end up covering some of the stuff we would go deeper on anyway just in the answering of questions if we've got them. And now, Bruce and Peg, let me remind our listeners uh, they could either call or text same number for either, 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226. Let's hear from you right now, either by phone or by text, and we'll uh, let uh, Bruce and Peg know. So, Peg, um, I mentioned there's a couple things we can do a deeper dive on. Um, you mentioned in the first half of the show that 
at Wealth Enhancement Group in the management of our portfolios, we did some tax loss harvesting. I suspect a lot of listeners may still be confused by what we mean by that. Maybe we want to go into a little more detail on that. And I mentioned um, rebalancing. I think you explained that better than I do. Maybe you want to do both of those things because these are these are potential strategies that people can utilize, and now might be a good time. But again, it's not the same thing as panicking and saying, i got to get out of the market because Russia invaded Ukraine. That's not what we're saying at all. Yeah, I would be happy to, Bruce, because they're topics that we talk about in our reviews daily with clients anyway. This tax loss harvesting, uh, a concept that's often used, you know, when there is some downturn to the market. So let's just take a case where you purchase $10,000 of uh, the S&P 500. And yes, you know, over the last five years, that has actually grown tremendously if you haven't touched it. Well, each and every year, a component of the performance of the S&P 500 is dividends. And those dividends, you know, pay out at the end of the year. Well, in this case, if you have 10,000 of the S&P 500 and you happen to be reinvesting those dividends, it's possible that you haven't made money on the reinvestment of those dividends um, in the last couple of years because the market is down. Well, what you can do is you can sell off those, you know, any uh, 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 segregated shares or, or certain shares that are in a loss category and go purchase something that's similar, but it would have to be kind of the stock market to the stock market. Then you get to capture that loss, if you will. And then if you have future gains uh, regarding the tax law, you will then be able to take some of those future gains and cross with those losses. Or, um, and, I should say, and, you can take $3,000 up to $3,000 on your tax return as a loss. Well, why would you even go through all that? Sounds like a lot of work, right? You got to look at the history of your shares. Do you have any losses? Good news is the computers help in, in that regard. But the reason you want to do it is because if the market goes down and then it just recovers and you've done nothing, then you haven't used this tax strategy to capture those losses and then have your own, I call it kitty of losses that you control. So you get um, a deduction on your taxes and then future crossing on other gains. So if you're not familiar with that, I would um, at least speak with your advisor or, um, you know, uh, research it if you're a do-it-yourselfer. Then when it comes to rebalancing, uh, rebalancing is very effective when some things are up and some things are down. Now, right now, when it comes to asset allocation, year-to-date, stocks are down. Year-to-date, bonds are down. Negative returns. You real estate, now we're talking about a diversified portfolio here, down. Inflation-focused. There's a sleeve called inflation-focused that is commodities, currency, treasury inflation, protection bonds, way up. Uh, doing really well this year. And then cash is cash, pretty neutral. The other component with asset allocation is um, I have lots of clients that take a paycheck from me every month. 
And um, typically, we have harvested gains on their portfolio, so that money's been sitting in cash. Well, as I send out paychecks every month, their balance is off balance because if they're taking from all the safe money, then all of a sudden they have more stock exposure. Uh, And so this rebalance uh, strategy is really good to do when the market is in kind of turmoil or, or ups and downs like we are in right now, it could be a taxable event uh, because if you, if you have less stocks than you have right now and you need to rebalance and buy more, um, that's one thing. But if you need to sell off some stocks because the other asset classes are down, you have to look at your tax uh, situation for doing that. Now, mind you, um, high, high percentage of the assets that we manage and all over the world basically are in tax deferred accounts like IRAs, 401ks. And then you can rebalance all sorts of times because you don't even have to worry about the tax effect. So point here, Bruce, is just those two strategies, tax loss harvesting and rebalancing, tend to be something that we're active um, on, more active, I should say, when there's volatility in the markets. If you have a financial yeah, question, any or all, here's our studio line for either a text or a, or a phone call, Bruce and Peg, 651-461-9226. Excuse me for interrupting. We just got a text in. I thought I'd grab it fast. What is the maximum to the gift donation? Thanks, Danny. Not interrupting at all. We uh, we want those questions. And again, like you said, on any topic, it doesn't just have to be today's topic. Peg, I think they're talking about uh, uh, gifting uh, to people, what uh, annual limitation or lifetime limitation. Uh, talk about gifting and how much you can gift without any uh, tax impact to the giver or the receiver. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you can gift. Um, actually, it went up this year. So you can gift 16000 to anyone uh, and not have to do file a, a tax return to say that you've gifted to somebody. So what do I mean by that? So you can gift cash. You can gift shares of stock. Um, you could gift gold coins, you know, and if it's up to 16000 per person, then you don't have to notify anyone that you've done that. Now, you might want to just keep yourself a log of who you gifted to and how much, just in case that you would get audited on your actual final return, which is your death tax return. Now, that 16000 in the per person, you can give that to, you know, your daughter. You could give that to your daughter's husband. You can give 16000 to each one of those kids. You could give 16000 to your neighbor. It doesn't, it, they don't care who you give it to. Um, what you should know, though, is when you gift money to people, there is a three-year look back. So if you're trying to get rid of a lot of money, you know, because you're on your deathbed, then when you do that final death gift tax return, they could come back and pull that money uh, from, the, from the people that you gave to. Now, you can actually gift a whole bunch more than that if you want to and not pay current taxation. And what do I mean by that? You could give 100000 to each one of those people and, um, and then you just file a tax 
reform sheet, the a tax sheet that says, hey, I use some of my lifetime credit. Well, a lot, a lot of um, uh, state planning news was in the was in the news last year because they talked about lowering each one of us last year could die with eleven million seven on the federal limit. So if I gave away a million dollars, then I can just take a million dollars off my eleven seven, and I've got ten million seven left, and it's not going to be a taxable event because I use some of my lifetime credit. So, Bruce, it can get kind of, con- uh, um, you know, detailed when you talk about this estate planning. And I would say more so than not, most people want to know what that $16,000 number is and how many people they can give it to. Yeah, and, and it's surprising to people um, the way I explain it. And that, that was great, Peg, but I, but I will say, you know, you – can give your child 16,000, your spouse can give your child 16,000, and then your your spouse can give each one of them 16,000. So in reality, you can give $64,000 in a year to loved ones and it's not a tax consequence on either tax return. Now, most of our listeners can't afford to give $64,000 a year, but that's kind of what the maximum is. Um, and, and a lot of people want to know how that gifting thing works. So then they're surprised that you can actually do 64000 in one family and it doesn't have an, a, you know, an impact on the, on the tax return. Um, Danny, I think we got uh, another text in. Yes, indeed. I want to remind our listeners that uh, you can call or text our studio line for, with any kind of a financial question you may have this morning. We urge you to take advantage of it. 651 461 Nine two two six. Kind of a follow up on that uh, last question. Uh, what line do you enter the gift amounts up to sixteen thousand dollars on the income tax federal form? By the way, love your show and happy spring. <laughs> Comes that one. Oh, yeah! It is the first day of spring, and the weather is finally uh, cooperating in Minnesota, where this show originates from peg i gotta defer to you you know you know the tax return way better than i do i have no idea where you put that well if you're gifting sixteen thousand, and that's you know under the uh that's actually that's actually a gift that you can give without having to fill out a form and without having to put it on your income tax or do another form if you gift over that and you have to report it to the IRS, then there's a separate form that you have to fill out. And the form 709 is what's called the gift and generation skipping transfer tax return. So um, I do have clients that will gift, especially last year with the upheaval in the um, thought that we're going back to 5.5 million a piece. Now, of course, listeners are saying, who are these people? Yes, they have 20 million, they have 30 million, they've acquired a lot of wealth um, through the generations. And I've had some substantial gifts given to the next generation last year, because if you don't utilize that 11 million seven and we drop to 5.5 million, which we are, by the way, if no action is taken, because under the Trump um, revision, it's actually going to sunset on January of 2026 anyway. So um, they didn't change anything last year, 
But uh, so we do have clients that our tax team is filling out this form 709 to notify the government that assets were given away in 2021. As soon as I threw it to you, Peg, I did a duh in my own head because obviously the 16,000 gift limit with no tax consequence to the giver or the receiver, I should have known doesn't have to go on the tax return, but I'm glad you could fill in the blank that if the gift was bigger, what you do, because I would have never known Form 709 or any of the other stuff that you said, so I'm glad you do that part of it. Danny, do we have another text? Yes, indeed. Uh, Here's another one that says, are there any ways to avoid paying tax on a high-gain real estate sale above the standard allowed deduction other than doing a 1031? Uh, That's a great question. Until you said the the very last part of the question, other than doing a 1031, because that's where my mind went first, Peg, I think let's explain 1031 anyway, because the texter obviously knows what that is, but I bet a lot of our listeners don't, and then talk about potentially uh, maybe some other strategies in addition to the 1031. Yeah, the the 1031 is whereby, let's just say you have an investment and you uh, purchased a condo for 200000 in Florida, and the way things are going right now, that condo is worth $750,000. Uh, and if you were to sell it, uh, now this this isn't, I'm not talking about your primary residence here. This is actually a rental property or a business property. If that's the case, then if you just sold it, you're going to have to pay capital gains on the spread. Um, And so what some people will do is utilize this 1031 exchange. And what that is, is if you go out and identify a like property, you know, another rental, and you just want to take the profit on this one and then roll all the proceeds into the second one, you can then defer the tax and not have any immediate tax. So um, it's kind of tricky, this 1031. You have to work with an attorney and make sure if you're working with a realtor that's knowledgeable about it because the timing of it is really, really important. Uh, You can't go identify it after you've closed on the first sale of the condo. You have to already identify where you're going to put those proceeds. The second thing I thought of too, Bruce, and this is probably the most negative thing that could happen, is you can avoid paying tax on that if indeed um, the real estate market just collapses. I mean, right? So you've got a cost basis on there. And right now I know 20%, 40%, some of these areas in the United States, real estate has gone up um, that much. And especially kind of on rentals in Arizona and Florida and well, all over the place. Um, but other than that, it's really ha- it's hard to avoid um, taxation uh, on those types of investments. Well, the other thing I thought of, Peg, and I, and again, it's it's a it's a legal reality and it's a strategy, and we can talk about it. But in my 37 years of doing this, I can count on one hand the number of times that I've actually worked with a client and we've utilized this strategy. And by the way, for me, the same is true of a 1031. I know I'm, I haven't done more than a couple of them. But the other one I thought of is uh, to the charitable remainder trust. You can actually draft a trust that the balance of the trust will go to charity after you pass away. 
and you place the highly appreciated asset in that trust. So you don't own it individually. The trust owns it. And by, by doing that, then when the asset is sold, you don't have to pay the taxes on the gain because the value of that trust when you leave this world is going to go to charity. Now, that one's even probably trickier than the 1031, and it's the complexity and some of the negative things that go along with these strategies why I think they are done so infrequently. It's very seldom that someone will actually have all the criteria in their situation that actually makes the strategy you know, a, a good uh, efficient idea, but theoretically, at least, there are some things you can do, whether or not they're applicable. Um, my my experience in the industry tells me it's probably unlikely. Danny? And the last thing, Bruce, is too, taxes are not that high right now. So right. maybe we're just suggesting taking paying your tax now at the rates they're at versus deferring it to a possible higher tax rate. Absolutely. And Peg, I tell, I tell clients all the time, I'd rather see you pay taxes because you had a gain than go get a tax deduction because you had a loss. Gains are good, are good things. I'm sorry, Denny. No, I think we have time for one more. Uh, Peg had said, this texture says, that the look back on gifting was three years. I thought that was changed to five years many years ago. Or does that just apply to assisted living situation if the tenant runs out of money, e.g. Medicaid needs? Yes. So the three years I was talking about was gifting um, for just gifting. The five years is actually on nursing home, Medicaid, uh, that kind of thing. So um, lots to know uh, in the three year, five year and all those things. But um, yes, you are right when you said it is gifting three years, Medicaid five. Peg, we, we've got a little over a minute left. I want to get this in here quick. So, I, you know, I, I mentioned on the show I do this a lot. The things that I encounter with clients, the questions I get, I will sometimes jot notes and bring these ideas, these questions to the show because if, if these people are having them, especially if it's something I get more than once, then I'm sure there are other people with the same question. We talked a lot today about Russia invading Ukraine and what it's done to the, the global economy and what it means to people, but we also mentioned even before February 24th and this invasion, the market started down. And, and I have people talking about all the bad things, and what I hear most is inflation and the supply chain issues and the labor shortage issues, um, but there's a lot of positive things. Talk just very briefly, I, I, assuming you share my optimism, and I think you did, what are some of the things that we look at at Wealth Enhancement Group that we think give investors reason for optimism? Well, uh, one is um, because of that, the Fed may not raise interest rates quite as rapidly as they would, and that actually should bode well for the stock market because you know, a lot of these companies borrow money, and if it, it is, if they're not going to be so extreme, I think we are in the hands of the Fed right now. Um, so I, I see that as being a positive in the fact that the stock market should do better, uh, at least in the short term. All right. We hope you join Thank us you again next you, week. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Bruce and Peg. Uh, come back again uh, next week. 888-6-ADVICE. You join us again next week. Here with more of your money. The previous program was sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Wealth Enhancement Group or its guests and do not reflect the opinions of News Talk 830 and Odyssey Inc.